Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. In this week's update, all eyes are on the Jackson Hole Summit in one of the quietest weeks of the year in markets. Pressure rises on Beijing to stimulate China's slowing economy. Meanwhile, the summer correction continues in equity markets. Well, this is always a quiet period in the markets in the run-up to holidays on both sides of the Atlantic. The August bank holiday for us next Monday and then Labor Day in the US a week later. With many people on holiday, markets can be volatile, however, so it's not a good time to take your eye off the ball. In terms of the key question of the moment, where next for interest rates, all eyes are on the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium. This is a three-day international conference put on by the Federal Reserve of Kansas and attended by central bankers from around the world. It's easy to dismiss it as just a talking shop for policy wonks, but it's become a key platform for the Federal Reserve Chairman to set out his thinking, and so it can matter quite a bit for markets. The highlight will therefore be Jerome Powell's speech on Friday morning. Last year, the Fed Chair surprised markets because he only spoke for nine minutes, leaving many Fed watchers feeling shortchanged. But he also surprised investors with the content of his address, which basically said, higher rates, slower growth, and a weaker labor market are the price we're gonna have to pay for getting inflation down. Sorry, that's how it is. Well, that blunt statement of the facts was a shock to markets, which had been hanging on to the soft landing thesis that inflation could be brought down by carefully calibrated interest rate rises that would get the inflation job done without causing too much damage to the economy. Powell's comments suggested that that narrative was too optimistic. The reality has turned out rather different again. Despite Powell's stern words, The feared recession has been pushed ever further out and the soft landing has remained, if not the central case, then at least a reasonable possibility for investors. So what Powell has to say 12 months on will be significant again. Of course, Powell doesn't have to focus on what the Fed is likely to do in the short term. He may choose to speak about longer term challenges or he may talk about another economic issue completely. But whatever he chooses, the markets will be watching closely. The market context for the Jackson Hole Summit is that shares have paused for breath after a strong run upwards since last autumn's low. What we've seen over the past six weeks or so has been a classic summer correction, as the market has partially reversed the valuation expansion of the previous 10 months. That had seen shares rise from a 15 times earnings multiple to about 20 and in recent weeks, the P-E ratio has fallen back again to about 19. That's fed through into a retrenchment for the S&P 500 from an 18-month high of just over 4,600 to around 4,300. Now, were the market to give back half its gain since the most recent low in February, which will be typical, then the US benchmark could fall a bit further from here, say to 4,200. That would also put it on its 200-day moving average. Again, that would be a typical move. So the charts are saying expect a bit more weakness, and that would also chime with the summer lull continuing until after the holidays. 
The declines for markets have been led by the tech stocks, which drove the rally. Again, and this is usual, investors have been selling the stocks that had done well. And they've been particularly nervous about the growth stocks, which are most vulnerable to rising interest rates and bond yields. These tend to reduce the value today of companies that are most dependent for their valuations on future earnings growth. That said, the declines have been across the board. The equal-weighted S&P 500 index has also fallen back into the range it's been in for the last year or so, and from which it looked like it might be poised to break out. That leap forward will have to wait for another day. And what will drive it is going to have to be earnings growth now that valuations have already reset higher. So how have profits been? Well, with second quarter earnings season largely done and dusted, it's been another quarter of slightly better than expected numbers. We're looking at a roughly 6% fall in earnings year on year for the April to June quarter just reported. And that compares with the expectation of a 9% fall at the start of earnings season. Something similar happened in the first quarter when the decline ended up at around 3% compared with initial expectations of a 9% drop. Where we go next will depend on how long interest rates stay at their current level above 5% and how that feeds into economic activity. The bond market yield curve continues to point to a recession in due course, and if the market holds up in the face of that, it would be a rare event. This takes us back to Jackson Hole. What Mr. Powell says matters as much as ever. Meanwhile, in other markets, Chinese shares continue to diverge from the rest of the world, as they have since the early spring, when hopes of a robust rebound from COVID were dashed by evidence that people were not spending, that exports were constrained by slowing demand in the West, and that a property market in China was in trouble. This week, we got the latest installment in Beijing's response to China's flagging economy when the People's Bank of China lowered its one-year loan prime rate by 0.1 percentage points to 3.45%. The equivalent five-year rate was left unchanged, however, and that was a disappointment to investors who were looking for cuts of 0.15 percentage points in both measures. The renminbi continued its recent decline against the dollar, and Chinese shares fell both on the mainland and in Hong Kong. So China is treading a cautious path on stimulating the economy, but pressure is mounting on the authorities to do something more decisive as evidence mounts that the economy has stalled. Recent retail sales and industrial production data were weak, house prices are falling too, and the government took the unusual step last week of failing to update youth unemployment numbers. The assumption has been that failing to publish the July number suggests it was even worse than the 20% level hit in June. The Chinese economy grew by just 0.8% in the second quarter of 2023, compared with the previous three months. Economists at Citi this week cut their growth forecast for China to 4.7%, below the official target of about 5 A key factor in the disappointment has been a two-year slow-burn property crisis, which has seen leading companies defaulting on their debts. The latest company in the spotlight is Country Garden, the country's biggest privately owned house builder. Well, house prices are also in focus here in the UK, with the latest from the Office for National Statistics showing a modest 1.7% rise in the 12 months of June, well below the 14% peak a year earlier and the lowest growth rate since June 2020, 
when the market was reeling from the outbreak of COVID a few months earlier. Other private sector surveys show prices falling at the fastest rate since the financial crisis. The UK market has been hit hard by the impact of much higher mortgage rates as fixed rate loans reset at higher levels that reflect today's interest rates. That in turn has pushed rents higher as landlords try to cover their costs, further adding to the negative impact of the housing market on the wider UK economy. Rents are rising at the fastest pace on record. In hotspots in the capital, rents are around a fifth higher than they were a year ago. So, the UK is operating a two-speed economy at the moment. Inflation is on its way down, but it's still way above the bank's 2% target at 6.8%, according to the latest CPI print last week. Wage growth is still hot, running even higher than the headline inflation rate. But the housing market is fragile. It's a hard call deciding where things go next and a difficult backdrop for the Bank of England. Currently, the expectation is that there is at least one more rate hike to come in September. And finally, while earnings season is basically over, this week will provide some interest on the results front with numbers due from Zoom, NVIDIA and BHP Billiton. Zoom was the big winner from the pandemic and will be feeling the pain of more people returning to the office. And in one of the great COVID ironies, it has recently tightened its own working patterns, insisting that staff come back to their desks. Meanwhile, NVIDIA will provide some insight into the AI story that was such a key driver of rising markets in the spring. And BHP Billiton will act as a bellwether for the health of the global economy. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.